Tonight's reading is taken from Matthew 16, starting at verse 13, which can be found on page 983 of your church Bibles. Peter's Confession of Christ When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. Please keep your uh, Bibles open on the passage that kindly read out for us. And uh, I would like you to just close your eyes just for one minute. Don't worry, the stewards aren't going to come round and nick all your personal belongings. Just, uh, that's it. Just sit back in your seat, close your eyes, don't fall asleep, but uh, picture this. You've been in a room, but you've been zoning out, you've been losing focus, and you've not really been listening to the guy you're sat just a few metres away from. You zone back in, so if you'd open your eyes... And you realise that you're in a room, you're sitting in a chair, and you're being asked a question by a quiz master. The question has four possible answers, and you think you know what it is. You think you know what the answer is that you need to give. You think it's C. It's not A, B or D, it's C. But you don't quite totally understand why it is that you think it's that answer, but... Nevertheless, you're pretty convinced that it's C. The audience applauds, Chris Tarrant shakes your hand, and you soon realise that you've just become a millionaire on the game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Now, as we look at this passage together, we're going to see Peter giving the right answer to a question that will have massive implications, many of which, at this point, he has yet to discover. And like the new millionaire, his life, is about to change. Now, we've been thinking about summer camps during this time, and many young people will have had their lives changed in ways that they couldn't imagine before they went on those camps. I know that I certainly uh, was massively impacted by summer camps. And so we're going to try and unpack this question that uh, Jesus asked Peter, and look at the answer he gave, and what Jesus said to him. And then we're going to go and think about our individual responses. So, the first slide up should say, the most important question you will ever have to answer. Now, the question of who do you say Jesus is, is the most important question in anyone's life. But if we look closely at the passage, there's more than one question that Jesus asked Peter. It's always that question that we remember, but there's more than one question And the first one Jesus asks is, who do you say the Son of Man is? 
Now Peter responds that others say Jesus was Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He could have been John the Baptist, Elijah or Jeremiah. However, to believe that Jesus was just a human prophet falls far short of believing that he was the Lord of the universe, and he still is. And something I found interesting when looking at this passage was uh, John the Baptist is one of the people that are mentioned, one of the prophets. And John the Baptist says in Matthew 3.11, I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And uh, as many of you know, I'm at Moreland's Bible College down on the south coast, and we have to read uh, various different uh, books, and we're doing a uh, course on church history. And one of the people that I've had to read up on is Martin Luther. And it's very interesting when you read some of Martin Luther's publications, because he says in one of them, when, I, when I'm gone, when I die, whatever you do, don't name yourself after me. It's all about Christ. Don't even think about me. It's all about Jesus. And yet what happens? The Lutheran church is established. And what's happening here? John the Baptist has made the way for Christ, yet people still think that Jesus could possibly be John the Baptist. Sometimes people ignore those cries when we try and elevate Jesus. And some might be just satisfied that Jesus was just a prophet, um, as Islam would claim. If he was a prophet, what we do know is that his words must be true. And he claimed to be God and to have come and died for our sins. So if people reject that, then they cannot say he's a prophet, or at least not a true prophet. Uh, A quote that I've uh, uh, stumbled upon, which I found quite true, is a guy called Matthew Henry, and he says, Note, it is possible for men to have good thoughts of Christ, and yet not right ones. A high opinion of him, and yet not high enough. And so I'm interested at this point, um, Matt's going to come up with the Roman mic, just to see maybe what some of your friends, um, your colleagues at work, your friends at school, who do they say Jesus is? So uh, maybe you have a few minutes just to think, and Matt's going to go round where people put um, their hands up. Who do you say Jesus is? Because as I've started to unpack, this is the most important question you'll ever have to answer. So who do your friends say Jesus is? Who do people you know? Maybe even some of your family members. Who do people you know say Jesus is? It might be a similar answer to what you would give. It might be a totally different answer. But we're just going to try and get uh, a few ideas. So, uh, you ready to go around? Who's going to be brave? A colleague at work who clearly didn't want a discussion about Christian things said God was a spaceman. Okay. God was a spaceman. Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't um, my particular friend, but my friend's son, who's very young, who said um, he never really existed. A colleague said to me that Jesus was a good teacher. Well, that's all he was. One more. Some of my friends think that uh, he was probably someone quite nice. And then over time, people kind of added to him the whole kind of being God thing. So he maybe did some good works to help the poor. And then over time, it got kind of changed into being a miraculous feeding of the poor rather than just being a good man. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And so Peter responded to that first question 
by saying what other people said about Jesus, what other people said about the Son of Man. But as we turn to the passage, Jesus, however, is most concerned about other people's opinion here. Uh, Jesus is not concerned most about other people's opinion here. He says, but what about you, Peter? What about you? Who do you say I am? You've told me about what other people say about me. And as far as our own uh, personal response to that question is concerned, it doesn't matter what other people think about Jesus when it comes to Jesus and us. It only matters what our response is, first and foremost. And each of us must answer that question for ourselves. John 3.16 is probably the most quoted verse um, that I've heard as a young person and certainly recently in churches. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Eternity is at stake here. Have you made a response to that question when Jesus asks, Who do you say I am? And it is my belief that we must uh, ask that question for ourselves day by day. When we wake up in the morning, um, we might do a Bible reading. Who do we say Jesus is? We need to make sure that we are keeping on the right track, that we're guarding our own uh, spiritual life carefully. Who do you say Jesus is? And so I believe he wants us to reflect on that question. God wants us to reflect on that question this evening. First and foremost, for ourselves, who do you say Jesus is? Okay. Now, on the next slide, please. Uh, the previous one. Sorry, I didn't know. Okay. The, the answer to the question is given to us by God, is my next point. But I would like to add a word in there, which I forgot to add, because that's pretty important. After the, it should say right. The right answer to the question is given to us by God. Okay. Now, up until this point, the disciples, of which Peter was one, had been on a journey. They'd followed Jesus around. They'd learned many things from him, not just um, his words that they'd taken on board, but also his actions. And two miracles, um, if you trace back into the book of Matthew, uh, one was restoring someone's sight and one was restoring someone, uh, someone's hearing. These miracles in of, of themselves were pretty spectacular but they also paved the way to show that Jesus can restore spiritual deafness and spiritual blindness. And uh, if you read through the Gospel of Matthew, you'll see that there were times during the uh, disciples' training program with Jesus, following him around, that they spoke too soon. When Jesus was talking, they spoke too soon. They put their foot in it. There were times when they just couldn't see what Jesus was talking about. What is he going on about? In summary, a lot of the time they just didn't understand. And the passage uh, that is just prior to this passage, Jesus is talking to the disciples, describing the Pharisees like yeast. But they think he is literally talking about food. And they begin to panic about the food provisions that were around. But something I think in this passage, in this moment, begins to click into place, something in this, this moment begins to change. Peter professes that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. Now, he would have got 
absolute top marks in Sunday school for that, I think. And uh, I'm sure if uh, he was here at Long Crendon Baptist Church, Letty would be saying, you can go into the Crown Store and you can take whatever you want because you can't get much higher than that answer on a Sunday school. But uh, when Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, he is saying that Jesus has come to save the people from their sins and that Jesus has been chosen and sent by God to do exactly that. Peter is saying, when we look back in the scriptures, when we look at the Old Testament, Jesus was the one who was predicted. And he's the culmination of everything that God has promised to his people. He wants to bring them back out of their sin and out of their slavery to sin. He wants to bring them back, reconcile them back to God. And I think over time, uh, after Peter made that confession, he began to realise more and more what it was that he was committing to, what it was that he said. Um, As he spent more time with Jesus, he got things wrong, just as we will. He didn't understand everything. And we will sometimes struggle with our faith, even after we've made a commitment. Now, as as many of you know, I'm uh, on my summer break from Moreland's College down in the south coast, and I'm staying with Rob Evans for a few weeks. And to cut a long story short, I, was, uh, I got talking to a Jehovah's Witness last week, someone of um, the Jehovah's Witness belief, and uh, we had a meeting, and we began talking about our different beliefs and, and sharing what we believed. And uh, I gave him some questions to go away and think about. He gave me some questions to go away and think about. But he texted me later on, and he said, tell me one thing. How did you come about your belief and hope from the scriptures as a reasoning man? And so I took, I had two thoughts on this, uh, this text that he sent me. First, I thought, you might be applying that Christians aren't very rational or logical and they're kind of jumping into their faith. That was the first thing that I thought. But then I actually thought, okay, it might be quite a cheeky question, but I started to think about it. And I reflected how reason and using logic... Um, can be a very good tool for evangelism, just as uh, the early church might have used that. But also, God spoke to me quite clearly through this passage, and it's something I'm really excited to share with you. If you just read, it says, Blessed or blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. God has really spoken to me that when I became a Christian, God opened my eyes, God changed my heart, and he enabled me to see Jesus for who he really is. God gave me the right answer to this question, just as he did Peter. Faith is God-given. And so in our conversation with the Jehovah's Witness, there was loads of things that really aggravated me and really annoyed me. And I showed him some things from the Bible and I said, look, this is obvious. This is obvious. But when I reflected, it was obvious to me and not so obvious to him. When I became a Christian at the age of 11, God opened my eyes, God changed my heart and enabled me to see Jesus for who he really is. And uh, it was great. Jeff was picking up on these themes earlier um, when you turned back to Luke 24. 
And verse 45 says, Then he, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And this really got me excited, but it also challenged me, thinking ahead uh, to summer camps as well. Have you responded to the question of who Jesus is? Have you read God's word, the Bible, and seen all the evidence that Jesus is God? But the key thing I realised here is that, and last week, particularly through these conversations, we are powerless to change people's hearts. This was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. The Spirit enables us not only to hear the words Jesus spoke, but to understand them. And uh, verse 17, I think, Uh, which I just quoted, the start of it, says, Jesus says to Peter, blessed are you. And I don't think this is just kind of, ah, bless, kind of statement. This is a true gift of blessing. This is exciting. And again, this, uh, it's interesting how themes from this morning and this evening link up. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, in the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are cemented in Christ Jesus if we've put our trust in him. We can have a present tense assurance of salvation through Jesus on the cross, through God's gift of grace, and we can also have eternal gift of salvation forever with Christ if we put our trust in him. And this was something that, in the conversation with the Jehovah's Witness, that he, he couldn't understand. God's kingdom is to come, but how can I be sure now? We can be sure, if, because the Bible tells us if we put our trust in Jesus and what he's done, not in anything we've done, if we put our trust in him, then we can be sure of salvation. And the words uh, that we sung earlier in that um, song, You Alone Can Rescue, um, I absolutely love that song, and it just... Um, really excites me. It says, you came down to find us. It's talking about Jesus. Led us out of death. To you alone belongs the highest praise. Who else could have done it? Nobody. No one else but Jesus could have done that for us. Only God can open blind eyes. But the encouragement is, God chooses, chooses to use us. Those leaders who are going on summer camps... Um, God chooses to use you to help young people see this, to help see the grace of God. I wrote down here, we're the tools, or often the fools, he chooses to use to get his message across. Only God enables us to see Jesus for who he really is. And so finally, just as I finish, your response and my response is vital And uh, in many ways, Peter's answer to the question was his response. And our answer to the same question is our response. But I think we also need to act as well. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about, okay, we've made that commitment to Jesus. Now what are we going to do about it? And it was great to hear um, from Liz that uh, she felt called into action to come and help out into that. Um, in that holiday club and felt really convicted that that was something that she she should do. Now I want to say a a massive thank you at this point to anyone who's helped out in the past at summer camps because it was there that I had a great opportunity to learn about Jesus and to answer that question for myself. Who do you say I am? 
And I think they're uh, vital summer camps. They're really important. And it's my prayer, just as we were praying in small groups, that many young people will come to know Jesus through summer camps. And as the passage says, uh, it was not flesh or blood. It was not a human that made me see Christ for who he really was and for who he really is. But God did use, God used human beings to speak through them and to show his love and to have an impact in my life. If you have decided that Jesus is who he says he is, that you've made that mind, you've made your mind up and you're committed to him, he is Christ the Messiah, he is God, he's fully God and fully man, then we have a responsibility to live out our faith and to share it. And uh, a verse that Helen gave me earlier on in the week is 1 Peter 3.15, which says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So it isn't our responsibility to change people's hearts. So please don't get downbeat as I did last week in this conversation. I wasn't having much luck, or so it seemed, with my JW friend. But on reflection, I felt convicted to go and to share. I did what God commanded me to do. I shared the gospel. And it's my prayer that God will change his heart, and only he can do that now. So our response is vital because to so many, Jesus is sadly just another face in the crowd. And there was a song there that I really like, which um, we packed in loads of songs today, so um, maybe you can go and listen to it on YouTube or something. It's by a band called Down Here, and it's called uh, The Real Jesus. And it's the words, the lyrics of that song say, Let your love unveil the mystery of the real Jesus. Let your, glo- let your love unveil the glory of the real Jesus. And that should be our hope, not just at summer camp, although that's our prayer, that God would work powerfully at summer camp, but throughout our lives, through living out our faith and sharing Christ's love through words and actions that people might see Jesus Christ for who he really is.